We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, and always live on on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse right here on 670 The Score and your Odyssey app broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, talking baseball from 9 to 11 like we do every Saturday morning. Today, recapping a masterpiece at Wrigley Field and a meltdown in Tampa. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, it was a lot of drama on both uh, Chicago fronts yesterday, David, as uh, we witnessed uh, something almost uh, historic yesterday at Ribby. Drew Smiley outing and a video game at the end of the White Sox meltdown with Ronaldo Lopez giving up a couple of home runs to uh, ruin a a really nice comeback for the Chicago White Sox. That was a tough one. The Sox come back, then they lose it to the Rays, the best team in baseball, 8-7 to seven down in Tampa. Ronaldo Lopez giving up two home in the ninth inning, could not protect a two-run lead. But let's start at Wrigley Field. It was nearly historic. It was almost perfect. Drew Smiley was dealing, and in a 13-0 victory, the Dodgers, seven and two-thirds, retired the first 21 hitters he faced, Bruce. We're going to talk a, a lot about that today because – you almost saw history out there. It was almost the first time a Cubs pitcher had thrown a no-no at Wrigley Field since Milt Pappas, 1972. It's been a long time, Bruce, and it nearly happened yesterday, and it ended in one of the more unusual plays you'll see. Uh, Jan Gomes, we talk a lot about the draft this week on the score. He looked like he could be a sixth-round fullback the way that he took down Drew Smiley on that play. What would you think? Well, or a uh, jockey at the Sportsman's Park, you know, whatever. (laughs) Uh, It was a a really sad way, but one of those dramatic ways uh, that you look at baseball and you go, isn't this the beauty of the sport? You you have a guy throwing a masterpiece. The other team is just, you know, he's, he's not blowing people away with 97, 98 miles an hour. He's finessing his pitches are all you know all his breaking stuff was was good the Dodgers looked off the entire time he was in total command and then a chopper from the front of the mound with one out in the eighth inning and the pitcher and catcher collide on a ball that David arguably if one of them picked it up cleanly I do not think they really had a chance. I'm glad get. you said that because I don't think that they could have caught Peralta either. We'll never know, but that was a squibber. It was a swinging bunt, 32.9 miles per hour exit velocity. That was one of those 
fluky hits that you just can't account for. So, yeah, I agree with you. And it's odd that Peralta was in the game at all. He was a late defensive or a late replacement for Max Muncy, correct? And he came into the game. Right. So that's why he was at the play. And so just wasn't meant to be. But doesn't take away anything from the way that Drew Smiley has been in command not only yesterday, Bruce, but this year. And yesterday, he, the way it broke down, 55 curveballs, 48 two-seamers, a two-pitch pitcher getting it done. Yeah, you know, it reminded me an awful lot of uh, Jamie Moyer. And uh, for people that uh, don't understand that reference, Jamie Moyer, uh, a young pitcher, came up in the uh, late 1980s with the Chicago Cubs and uh, was a high draft pick, uh, had a circle around two or three times to even continue his career, released twice, and then ended up winning 270 games. That was the that was a Jamie Moyer pitch game, just com- complete uh, – command of his breaking stuff, keeping the hitter off balance totally. It was a beautiful thing. And uh, if you saw, David, if you saw any um, of the post, uh, you know, sitting there watching Drew come in with his uh, with his young son, it was, um, you would have never thought this guy just threw a one-hit ball for eight and a third innings because, uh, seven and third innings, because he was just, he couldn't, keep his face from showing the uh, disappointment of not being able to do something historic. But, boy, he has been off to a good start, Bruce, and the Cubs certainly are surging right now, 12-7. and seven. They've got the second-best run differential in baseball behind the, the Tampa Bay Rays, who are tearing it up down in Florida, and I think that's fun to see. Drew Smiley having a good time, everybody laughing along with him, and Wrigley Field has that electric atmosphere again. So let's set up the show today. We're going to talk to Jake Berger, who's off to a hot start for the White Sox, the designated hitter, third baseman. He's the slugger. Let's call him a slugger. He's going to join us at 920. Joe Girardi, who was in the booth watching this, calling this, analyzing Drew Smiley's masterpiece Friday for the Marquee Sports Network, he's going to join us at 10 o'clock. We'll have some chin music because there's been some things said on the score this week that deserve it, and that'll be a lot of fun later in the 10 o'clock hour. But, Bruce, let's go back to Wrigley because you're right. Drew Smiley, on Christmas Eve, signed a two-year, $19 million contract to return to the Cubs. That's a bargain. Now you see the kind of start he's off to, and, you know, we talk about how masterful he was. He said after the game – that this might not have been as sharp as he has been in the past, which was a surprise to hear. But this is what he had to say. Honestly, I don't feel like my like the stuff was was that good. It, it, just the execution and, and the pitch pitch mix. I think that's always going to play above everything else. Like so, I thought my command was really good, and then like I said, just mixing and matching and executing, staying out of the middle of the plate was really good. But actually, we've had like the worst pregame bullpen that I could remember. I told Jan before the game, like, sometimes those can be your best games. Just like, yeah. But, I mean, I've thrown enough games where I'm not – if I have a bad pregame bullpen, I'm not worried about it. You know, it's just like get, once once you get on the game mound, everything's different. Bruce, that was really surprising to hear only because he was so sharp, so quickly retired the first 21 guys he faced. I guess the bullpens uh, don't matter that much. But that was uh, – Drew Smiley post game in a very jubilant uh, Cubs clubhouse. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was again. There was. Uh, <clears throat> they were thrilled. You know, thirteen to nothing. The Cubs are off to uh, the best uh, start 
as far as uh, double-digit games in their history. They've had six double-digit games already in 2000 and, uh, 2023, if you can imagine. So uh, the, the offense has been there. The starting pitching has been there. Um, you know, the bullpen, a little wonky here and there. But tremendous start for the Chicago Cubs. And, uh, again, when you look at the, the Smiley game yesterday, uh, you're playing the Los Angeles Dodgers, a team that won 11, 111 games last year. Uh, <clears throat> with all due respect, that's not the same team that we saw last year. Uh, they have injuries. Mookie Betts not in the lineup. Uh, they lost two turners along the way. They lost uh, uh, Walker Bueller. Uh, the, the whole idea, though, is that takes nothing away from what the Chicago Cubs are doing right now. They are. Right. They're playing on, on. They're playing really good ball. The defense is fun to watch. The base running is really good, and uh, someone forgot to tell the Chicago Cubs that they weren't supposed to be competitive in 2023. Bruce, they beat the Dodgers ace twice in the last week. They have yeah. scored runs at a really a, for them a record pace. Yesterday it was the sixth time so far this season that they have scored 10 or more runs. You know how many times that happened last year? Six in the entire season. This is an offense that's rolling, a defense that's getting it done. The bullpen, well, Michael Fulmer had a hiccup, but it's been, it's been functional. It's been, it's been useful. I don't think it's going to be one of those things they leave alone if they continue to contend. That'll be kind of the point of emphasis. But the starting pitching – has been outstanding. We talk about Smiley because that's what he did yesterday, but how about Justin Steele going back to last July? And the Stroh show has been lights out, if you will. And that is, you know, Sunday at Wrigley. That's a marquee matchup. Marcus Stroman, Clayton Kershaw, Bruce. It is so much fun to watch the Cubs be relevant again because it feels like they are back. Yeah, we're already past the NFL timeline timeline of games. So we're at 20. Well, we're through with one-eighth of a season right now, so uh, the Cubs would definitely be in the playoffs right now if the season stopped today. But, you know, again, I don't think anybody expected this, the Chicago Cubs, other than the Chicago Cubs. Uh, you talked to uh, Mancini after the game, talked to a couple of the other players, and, and uh, you know, I, I asked Mancini, I said, well, you know, the Baltimore was expected to continue to be the worst team in baseball, and last year... He was on that team that started off and was one of the talks of baseball all year long. The Chicago Cubs, after 20 games, they're right in the same situation. They weren't as bad as Baltimore was last year. As a matter of fact, they were very good the last uh, 70 games of the season. But uh, I don't think anybody really expected this type of start. 312 Texter says this, Bruce, and I think it's a very interesting point. I think we're seeing why the Cubs let Wilson Contreras go. Jan Gomes is an elite defensive catcher. Now, I don't want to pile on Wilson Contreras. I was one waving the flag, wanting him to stay, didn't understand him letting 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 him go, and, and that continue, we'll wait and see where this is all going. But if the point is about Jan Gomes being an elite defensive catcher, I would have to agree wholeheartedly, even despite the, the play which got everyone's attention yesterday maybe even Matt Eberflus's, who was at the game, the Bears coach, seeing Jan Gomes you know, barrel into Drew Smiley. But this is a guy calling all the right pitches, Bruce, and making all of the right plays. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he's also uh, sharing it with a, another guy that has two gold gloves in, in Tucker Barnard. 
uh, and that that is the key. So again, we'll continue to address this through the summer, but I'm not hearing a lot of moaning and groaning about Wilson Contreras right now out there. I really am not. It was fun to hear from Jan Gomes postgame when he was wearing a football helmet with a Northwestern sticker as well as a Cubs sticker on the helmet, and this is what he had to say. He was saying his bullpen, too, wasn't his best, but you said. All right, since he said it. Yeah, literally going coming in from the bullpen, we were talking about how – this is falling down my face. Um, some, like, literally, this is what he said. He Sometimes your worst bullpens come out to be your best outings. And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. Whatever, you know, makes you go today, and it came out to be one of his best outings. Jan Gomes, catcher for the Cubs, talking about Drew Smiley's masterpiece, Cubs winners 13 to nothing, Sox 8 to 7 losers down in Tampa. We're going to talk to one of those players for the White Sox who's off to. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A hot start himself. Jake Berger will join us next on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. That ball is drilled. Deep left field, bring them all home. No doubt. So it's four straight days with the game that Jake Berger has gone deep. How about 118 miles an hour off the bat? We've told you that he can really hit them hard. And that one of the line drive variety cleared the wall easily and gave the Sox a three-run cushion. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Haw, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock. Thank you to NBC Sports Chicago for that highlight of Jake Berger homering back on April 18th against the Phillies. And when you can get Steve Stone to, quote, exit velocity, you know that you hit the ball very hard, Bruce. Absolutely. Now, Steve is uh, as metrically sound as anybody out there these days. Uh, us uh, older reporters and announcers and broadcasters, we uh, are all very uh, savvy. We're, uh, we're con- consistently going on baseball savant and updating our information when we need it talking very much about pitching and hitting labs all the time. And uh, we are uh, satisfying the quota for our our knowledge out there for sure. Looking forward to connecting with Jake Berger in a few moments. He is somebody that is a bright spot on a team that's off to a dismal start. Bruce, there are only two teams in the American League with worse records than the White Sox. And they now are sitting there at 7-13. and And their starting pitching has been disappointing. Their bullpen really misses Liam Hendricks. That was the best news of the week, Liam Hendricks being cancer-free and in remission. But on the field, it's been a different story. It's been difficult to deal with the injuries. They've not been able to overcome them. Where does this White Sox team go from here, Bruce? Well, I think the news of Hendricks is is great. I mean, Lopez has uh, manned up and has done as well as he can. But, you know, he's not going to be the team's closer all year. His stuff says yes, but uh, his location uh, on a couple times this last 10 days has said no, particularly last night. 
So uh, I guess our theme show today, uh, 312-644-6767, is certainly uh, which closer is more essential for a Chicago team? Is it uh, Cody Hoyer getting ready in the minor leagues after Tommy John and starting to get ready uh, down at uh, – down, down with the minor league teams for the Chicago Cubs, or Liam Hendricks coming back for the Chicago White Sox? I think I know the answer, but again, uh, after the former uh, mishap the other day and two blown saves against the Dodgers in the last week, uh, I think uh, the closing element for the Chicago Cubs is the one area that's really shaky right now. Bruce, I think it's a good question. I fear that the White Sox may be in a position once Liam Hendricks gets back how much will they need a closer? What will be their status? Where will they be in the standings? Because you look at the situation, this is the beginning of a brutal 10-game stretch for the Sox, who are already you know, deep in a hole this early in the season. It is early, but it feels like it's getting late early, as Yogi Berra used to say. And now you wonder, with the Rays, followed by the Jays, back to the Rays, where does this team go? If you know, They could welcome Liam Hendricks back in May, if it's that soon. But at what point will they be in their season and where will they be in the standings? Well, anytime you're going to get an arm like him and a, uh, a, a competitor like him back, it, it's, a, it's a big deal for the Chicago White Sox. And uh, that type of energy is, is going to be huge for them. So um, just, just hearing that he's cancer-free and ready to go, um, you know, you get a, a really good feeling, a strong feeling as a White Sox fan or, or one of the players. That said, you know, coming back from chemotherapy and all of those things, um, you know, if, if anyone's going to do it great, it's going to be Liam. But that's not an easy task. So, Bruce, when you look at the lineup and you see the injuries and how they've affected the lack of production and you miss Tim Anderson, the catalyst at the top, Aloy Jimenez came back homeward for the first time Friday night in Tampa. Yohan Mankata, when he comes back, they haven't necessarily missed him. He was off to a good start, and certainly you don't want to see that happen. But that is the Jake Berger conundrum. Where does Jake Berger play once Yohan Mankata comes back? Who is the person that might be sitting or missing at bats? I wonder if it's Oscar Colas. I wonder if Pedro Grafold has talked about using Eloy Jimenez in right field. I don't like that idea necessarily, but I also don't like the idea of sitting one of your hotter bats either in Berger. So, where do you see this all headed in terms of the lineup construction for the White Sox? Yeah, you know, the, the, the contrary part is the White Sox said part of what we need to do better is catch the ball, right, uh, in 2023. Right. And they went out and got Benintendi, who's a, a good outfielder. Robert is healthy right now, so you got one of the best center fielders in baseball. Colas has been at least average so far in right field most of the time out there. But, you know, you, you, you can't necessarily ask Jake to go play the outfield. He's not really going to be uh, able to do the gaps. You have your DH most of the time in Eloy. Um, and Mancata had the hot start before he came up with the bad back. So I don't know where you find a spot for him, uh, but you have to find a spot for Jake Berger the way he's been hitting and swinging the bat. You get – the starting rotation and Dylan Cease goes today to try to turn things around for the White Sox. Lucas Giolito, very good his last time out. Six innings and no hit ball. But beyond that, Bruce, I'm not quite sure what you can expect so far this season. Small sample size. But Michael Kopech 
yeah, he can look good after you know fixing the tipping pitching problem, tipping pitches problem. But then he has you know a night like last night where he's like, whoa, here we go again. I, I just don't know how much to trust this White Sox rotation. And then we had the problems with the lineup. This is a team that feels like it's in the need of some sort of shakeup, some sort of you know maybe it's getting everybody healthy that will shake things up. I don't know what what to where the answers are going to come from, but they have to the status quo is not going to get it done. Yeah. I, I, again, um, there's, you know, if, if you listen to White Sox fans right now, as we do on our show every Saturday and during the score, during the week and all the great shows, you, you hear an awful lot about people saying this is 2022-23. In other words, they don't see a big difference in what had occurred last year or this year. Certainly losing Tim Anderson, certainly losing Mancata, uh, losing Jimenez for uh, a, a, a week, uh, that was, or ten days. That was, that's that's a big deal, and and it cut into it. Uh, you look at Jimenez right now; he still he got a hit last night, but he still doesn't have his timing down. He's not the Jimenez that they're expecting yet. So, from all that, uh, it, it's really it's really difficult to put your finger on what the Pedro Grafal, White Sox are going to look like after 20 games. Well, let's go out to our guest hotline now, sponsored by Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And that's where we find the young man we've been talking about, Jake Berger, the third baseman for the Chicago White Sox. Welcome to Inside the Clubhouse, Jake. How are you this morning? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing well. How about you guys? Doing okay. Hanging in there. I just wondered, let's start with last night. Had to be a difficult one, Jake. You are off to such a good start. You had five home runs in your first 25 at-bats. Things are going well for you personally. Collectively, though, as a team, how difficult was last night to endure, and how do you bounce back from that one so quickly? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it was, uh, it was a tough uh, way to end it, um, you know. But uh, I think as an offense, we showed fight. And, um, you know, Kopech showed fight. Um, all the relievers that came in showed fight. And, you know, it just so happened it didn't fall our way. So, um, you know, I think – I think we have the pieces there and I think we have the mentality there um you know and now it's obviously well we're 20 games in um still got 142 to go so um we'll see if anybody knows about perseverance it's Jake Berger after coming back from your multiple foot injuries and missing almost three years of baseball um how much did that being in the major leagues now living out your dream how much of that uh makes you the player that you are more than ever right now, Jake, knowing that, uh, you know, there's going to be glitches like tough losses, but that's nothing compared to what uh, I had to do when uh, trying to, trying to realize my dream of being a major league baseball player again. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's pivotal in how I play and how I go about my business. You know, I think it taught me how to deal with adversity and it taught me that, uh, you know, the only way to, uh, get better is through hard work and uh you know i think I, i've utilized that uh that learning experience i had and uh have kind of changed where it's like oh for four or four for four you know it's like gotta do it again tomorrow and um you know i think the rehab process is very similar you know you can have a really bad day rehabbing or a really good day rehabbing and um you know you got to show up the next day and you don't know how it's going to go so um you know just having that the mental clarity and, uh, you know, that, that tenacity to work hard um, are it's definitely pivotal in, in how I've uh, shaped into a baseball player. 
Jake, I'm sure you've heard the legend of Jake Berger. Some people attribute all of this to dad strength, that you are now a father, <laughs> and you, your young son, Brooks, he, when he's at the games, you hit, you go deep. And now that you are a father, you're stronger. What's, uh, what's fact? What's fiction? What is myth of, of, of Jake Berger's dad strength? <laughs> you know, I always say, I mean, you're holding a, uh, a car seat for uh... – for a couple hours throughout the day. So you're getting some uh, isometric holds, building that muscle strength. Um, but also, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it's the same thing. It's, you know, I go 0 for 4 or 4 for 4. I come back and he's still smiling um, on an 0 for 4 day and kind of bringing me back down to earth or a 4 for 4 day. And he's, he's wailing, crying. And it's like, okay, this is all that matters now, you know? So um, it kind of keeps you in that even keel um, mindset where it's like, you know, this really is all for him, and um, you know, everything I do is uh, is for him. So um, it, it gives you that perspective. Jake Berger joining us in Inside the Clubhouse. We're here with you, 50 weeks out of the year, talking baseball every Saturday on the Score from 9 to 11. And Jake, when you uh, look around the clubhouse after a game like that last night, what do you uh, what do you get from looking how other people handle a game that, like I told David, it ended like a video game. You know, it, it didn't look real. It looked surreal uh, with Lopez, unfortunately, giving up two bombs there. But when you look around, what type of strength, what type of energy do you gain from how other people uh, handle a loss? Yeah, you know, I think we know what type of clubhouse we have, and uh, we know that the guys we're playing with, and you know, majority of us have been together for a couple of years now. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think all of us probably take responsibility, like, damn, if I would have gotten this hit there, or, um, you know, if I would have made this play, uh, you know, it's a different result. So I think we all kind of put it on ourselves. And uh, I know, especially I do, um, you know, it's been a couple opportunities last night with guys on second base that maybe if I, get them in, you know, that's the, that's the extra run we need. So, um, you know, I think it's an accountability standpoint of all of us kind of holding ourselves accountable. Um, and, you know, I mean, it never feels good. And, um, you know, everybody's uh, upset and pissed off, really, um, you know. And um, so, you know, it's, it's just from that, that self-accountability standpoint. Jake, individually, how do you stay in the moment? How do you keep from looking ahead and Yohan Mankata comes back and there's roster jam at a certain positions and you do this and that and you hear the noise? How do you stay in the moment and focused on what you're doing? Because that's when you, it seems like you've been able to do very well early and that's part of why you're off to such a good start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've dealt with uh, the roster crunch for a couple of years now and, um, you know, I, I think I'm – more aware and, and understand, um, you know, how it is and how this business is. But, um, you know, for me, it's, I'm just grateful to be playing the sport, you know, after my injury history. So, um, you know, I take each day as it's my last day of baseball because I do know what it feels like to have this game taken away from me. And, um, you know, I'm just thankful to be playing every single day. And, uh, you know, have, I always use the word gratitude. Um, you know, I'm just I'm grateful, you know, and that's, that's how, uh, that's how I get about it. Jake, what is the Pedro Grafal take from you? Uh, you certainly had a Hall of Fame manager in Tony La Russa last year as a part of you, uh, you know, playing a little bit for the first time. What what has uh, been your take with Grafal, who you've had to see try to keep the troops together 
very early here with a lot of tough losses. Yeah, I, I love Pedro. He's he's been awesome to work with. Um, you know, the entire coaching staff's been awesome to work with. So, um, you know, I think I think the entire team uh, also believes in in that and uh, believes in Pedro. And um, you know, it's 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 obviously difficult when you when you scuffle early in the season. But um, you know, I think he's done a really good job of, of keeping the group together and rallying the guys. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed my time so far. Jake, we got to let you catch the bus, we know, but what's the plan today? It doesn't get any easier. Shane McClanahan, lefty, who's going after his fifth victory, the Rays, a very difficult team to, to conquer, especially down there. What's the approach to today, and, and how, do you, how do you flush last night? Yeah, um, well, you know, I mean, we got, our, we got our ace on the bump, too, with Dylan Cease, and, you know, I, he's, he's a great pitcher as well, so it'll be a good pitching matchup. You know, it's just controlled day by day and, um, you know, go out there and do as much as we can and work as hard as we can. And, uh, you know, it'll, it'll take care of itself if you do that. In, uh, in parting, and again, David and I, thank you so much for joining us. We know you got the 45 bus, so this will be the last one. <clears throat> when, you, when you go around the major leagues now and you haven't been to every city, are you still in any of – Hey, I'm in this city. I've never been here before. I got to see this. Is there still that in uh, in Jake Berger's day uh, moving around the major leagues? Oh yeah, my uh, my wife makes sure of it too. You know, it's like she'll find a museum or something that we can go to with our son. And uh, you know, I've, I've never been to Pittsburgh um, and enjoyed that city and uh, the Andy Warhol museums there. So we went to that and. Uh, you know, we always try and find uh, time where we can spend as a family, you know, so we get away from the field and, uh, you know, have, have some family time because, you know, there's no job like it in the world. You know, you're going to 30 different cities, 29 different cities, and, uh, you know, you're, you want to see uh, every single part of that city and experience it with, with our son. Jake, you're an easy guy to root for. Keep up the good work. Wish you best of luck throughout this season. Thank you so much. Jake Berger, White Sox third baseman and slugger, Bruce. Real grounded young man, real grateful, professional. Great guy to talk to this morning. You have to find a way to keep his bat in the lineup because it's not just a, a base hit bat. It's a big situation bat, okay? I think they've recognized that. I don't know how you do it. Uh, I can't imagine Yon Mancata sitting on the bench at the same time uh, I, I don't see any great reason why, from time to time, Yon Mancada can't play second base. Okay. What do you think, Sox fans? 312 Yon Mancada at second base? Jake Berger on the bench? What are the Sox going to do? We'll also get back to the Cubs because they are one of the hottest teams in Major League Baseball this week, and they're playing today again out at Dodger, uh, out against the Dodgers at Wrigley Field, 1245 here on the score. Bruce Levine, David Haw, it's inside the clubhouse until 11, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. He's in a good place. He's starting to just, you know, he feels really good. Um, the ball's coming off really hot right now. If it's bat, he's in a, you know, it doesn't matter right or left, he's taking the same swing. Feels like he's in every at bat. Um, it feels like he's seeing it early. Uh, it's a nice night, five for fives. Uh, that's hard to do. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock talking baseball. That's David Ross talking about Cody Bellinger. 
Bruce, I know Patrick Wisdom has taken the league by storm. We've seen that before in Chicago. He gets on these tears, and that's been a welcome sight for Cubs fans, certainly. I don't know that we expected Cody Bellinger to look this good this soon. I know he's capable of it, but you heard David Ross talking there after his 5-for-5 day. He went deep again on Friday, his second home run against the Dodgers. Maybe that's part of it. He now has five. He's already got a – He's, he's got the 300 batting average. He's hitting wherever they want in the order. How surprised are you that Cody Bellinger has looked like the Cody Bellinger of old? Well, you know, the only thing you left out is that he's playing gold glove center field and covering right. more ground, just about as much ground as Luis Robert, which is hard to imagine someone covering that. But we're, we're privileged right now to see two of the best center fielders in baseball on the, on the north and south side of Chicago. Bellinger is just a ball player again. And, uh, you know, finding his swing after hitting uh, below the Mendoza number for uh, almost two years in a row and losing the, uh, you know, the swag that he had when he was rookie of the year and MVP and one of the best players in baseball. You, you knew the talent was always there. How he lost it, you know, was a great mystery as to how he went from being an MVP to uh, having trouble barreling up any baseball. But right now, all I see, David, is a guy going out there and just being a baseball player and having a really good time. Maybe getting out of L.A. and uh, all that that entailed and all those expectations there was something that he needed to do. I'm not saying uh, he's going to be an MVP for the Cubs, but... So far, I mean, you look at the base running, you look at the defense, you look at the big home runs, two home runs against his former team, you know, kind of reminds me of what uh, Bill Buckner did after he was traded from the Dodgers to the the Cubs in the first games he played against the uh, Dodgers at Wrigley Field. He had two home runs and had five hits. Uh, Very reminiscent of that for me, that uh, this guy standing up and saying, hey, you don't want me anymore? Well, here's what I got for you. Is Buckner or Bellinger your favorite Dodger turned Cub? Or is it maybe Ron Say? Maybe you go there. How about Davey Lopes, Bruce? Which one I think it's of the Steve former Garvey. Dodgers? Oh, that's right. He turned down oh. their money and went to the Padres. Yeah, that's Oh, he did. Steve Garvey? Uh, did, way back uh, when? Did he really turn down the Cub money? Yeah, he turned down the, the Cub money and uh, ended up with the Padres. And you know how that ended up in the I know how that playoffs. ended up. And Sean it Sears was, weighs in. How about you, Darvish? You Darvish could be a former Dodger turned Cub, one of uh, more of a modern reference. That uh, I don't know yeah, about you know, that. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't. I mean, uh, other than pitching the playoffs with the Dodgers, I don't remember him too much over there. But that that's true. Uh, again, the Bellinger story is a nice story. You know, twenty games in, uh, he he's really up there. And as you point out, a lot of people are making a big deal about a lot of players in the Cubs right now, and good for them. They're they're all earning it right now. No doubt about it. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Paul is in Valparaiso. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Good morning, fellas. Great show. Uh, just a quick comment. You know, I think early in the season, uh, you know, the preseason or even the you know, first week of the season, talking about Cubs versus Sox, you know, obviously you can always make the comparisons. But pitching staffs, um, particularly starting staff, and I, I think that's one of the things it was just kind of a lazy argument that everyone said, well, the Sox are going to be way better. But you look at guys like Stroman, you look at Smiley, you look at Steele in a short you know, uh, sample size as far as the couple years he's been around. They take the ball. There was a little bit of injuries last year at the beginning of the year where everyone had issues because of 
the uh, the lockout and the spring training issue. But these guys are guys that have pitched in the American League East. I even tie in. I know he's got the growing, but hopefully he'll be back quickly. But he had a couple of really good years with the Yankees. But it was just like, oh, the Sox have Kopech. He's got a big arm. But I think that's where Bruce always says we have such smart baseball fans in this town. And I don't know. Sometimes they think they're just kind of lazy because they're so worried about the Bears. I mean, you can look at what the Cubs have done with their pitching infrastructure. It's been unbelievable. Follow guys like Cade Horton tearing up the minors right now, the number one pick from last year, Jordan Wicks a couple years ago. The pitching infrastructure and what the Cubs have been doing has been showing up if you're paying attention and you're not worried about some guy from Ferris State that might be drafted by the Bears. But, Paul, that's have a, you seen the offensive line? Saturday show. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, that's a good phone call, Paul. I, I think, Bruce, the, the point of it is, though, this Cubs rotation has – already it's early you don't want to get carried away after 20 games they've exceeded expectations they're the best pitching staff in the national league era wise this is somebody in in drew smiley that has looked dominant at times and then the top of the rotation one and two with stroman and Steele. there's not a better one-two punch in the majors right now so paul's point is well taken this rotation even though wesneski today he has to go out and follow up a, a promising start in Oakland with another one today against a better team. It gives you hope that this team can sustain this kind of start. Yeah, I think we're in an era, David, now more than ever where the uniform of the Yankees or Dodgers doesn't automatically mean they're going to beat your team, okay? The Yankees have been sustainable. The Dodgers have been tremendously sustainable in the playoffs and winning, uh, I think, divisions nine out of the last ten years. You know, those are staples, but you, you, you can't – every year, things can really change. And, and I, I really think that, uh, you know, the, the Cubs are, uh, you know, not the, the Yankees. They might be as good as the Dodgers right now. I will make that statement. I, I don't think the Dodgers are all that great. They might be an 85-90 to 90 win team, the, the Los Angeles Dodgers. That, that's my, my how it might be how it shakes down. And – you know, I predicted I thought the Cubs had a chance to win 85 ball games this year, and let's see what happens. It's going to be fun to watch. Bruce, our friend George Offman texts in that, speaking of former Dodgers turned Cubs, how about Rick Sutcliffe? That would be a guy, a former Dodger turned Cub. That turned out pretty well in terms of the pipeline from L.A. to Wrigley Field. Yeah, L.A. to Cleveland to Wrigley Field. That oh, wasn't, yeah. a, you know, stop uh, you, you left out a stop, you know, okay. you left out. You know, you left out Joe Carter and uh, Mel Hall, you know, going for him. But uh, that was that was certainly a uh, a franchise-changing trade for the Chicago Cubs. Back at Wrigley Field today, Hayden Wesneski goes for the Cubs. He's got to earn the nickname Wesnasty, as Sean Sears points out. He's got to be the guy that can, uh, again, show you the poise that we saw in spring training, Bruce. How how would you describe his his short uh, journey so far this season? And, and what, when you hear Kyle Hendricks and the promising news and update this week, the simulated game he's going to throw today, hitting 90 in terms of velocity, do you in the back of your head think, okay, that's the spot in the rotation where he's more likely to fit in? Wesneski might go back to Iowa, or obviously Tyone is injured right now. What do you think when you see what Wesneski is doing and you know – that Hendricks is on the way. I, I wouldn't be mad about a six-man rotation. That wouldn't anger me. Uh, you know, as things go, it looks to me like here, here is the intel I have on Kyle Hendricks. 
throwing 88, 89, 90. Uh, his fastball is topping out better than it has in three years right now. Next week, you are going to hear that the Cubs are sending him to Iowa. And when he goes to Iowa, he'll probably have four starts. I, I believe by uh, May 20th is the penciled-in date that Kyle Hendricks, without any hiccup, will be back pitching for the Chicago Cubs. With that, all, with all that intel and that in mind, you never know when someone's going to get hurt. Or, or like you said, with Wisniewski, you know, he's going to continue words and you know is, is it going to continue to be uh you know him at the minor league level so these things will shake out there's there's very few teams that you say gee we have so many starting pitchers we don't know what to do with them quickly before we break bruce yesterday the cubs made a move they sent down javier Assad to get stretched out further in Iowa after his repla- after he replaced Tyone in the rotation the other night as an emergency, Jeremiah Estrada comes up. You talked to him before Friday's game. Some people think he could be a guy that fits into that role eventually as a future closer. Where is Estrada now in his development, and what do you see for his future? Well, he's got a big fastball. He's got a good arm. Uh, I talked to him yesterday for the Cubs pregame show. Really a, a classy kid, not afraid. He said, hey, David Ross – if he asks me to pitch in the fifth inning, I'm ready. If he wants me to pitch in the ninth, I'm ready for that too. So from, from that perspective, it, it's, still, it's still being fun to watch young Cub pitchers come through the organization, something we couldn't really even talk about over the last 10 or 12 years, and, it, and, it's, and it's happening on a more regular basis for the Chicago Cubs. So, yeah, Strata can be a part of it. Again, with Hoyer uh, throwing a side session uh, or a sim game today, uh, that's a big arm that came over from the White Sox a couple of years ago. And after Tommy John, he should be ready to go. I'm not saying it's going to be this week or next week, but I would say sometime in May or, or I think June was the original timeline uh, for him to be back. That could be a, a back-end weapon for the Cubs. 773. Rick Monday is my favorite Dodger turned Cub. How about Rick Monday? That's a good name, too, from the past. Bruce, I love this trip down memory lane. And we'll take a few more strolls in that direction with Joe Girardi, who will join us from the Marquee Sports Network when we come back. Joe was in the booth on Friday calling the masterpiece that Drew Smiley threw, the near perfect game, seven and two thirds innings. Smiley was fantastic. Joe Girardi was there. We will talk to him next. It's inside the clubhouse at Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 